back right hand side for Oshie. Out of Carlson again. Near side, and Ovechkin scores! Alex Ovechkin's goal streak is intact with exactly 11 minutes left. It's 4 to 3. Oh, that's the great John Walton last night on the fan and the Odyssey app. Caps Radio as Alex Ovechkin scores for a sixth consecutive game. But the Colorado Avalanche came in struggling a little bit, and boy, did they try and open up a can of whoop-ass early in that game. They were dominant up to a 2-0 lead. Caps quickly struck back 2-2. Avalanche regained themselves in the second period, opened the game up. That made it 4-3. to three. Caps with a chance and then a couple of empty net goals at the end. And the Caps lose and don't get a point uh, after an encouraging back-to-back weekend in which they got three out of four. But Alex Ovechkin still stays on a heater. Six goals in six straight games. Hopefully, this little gap in the schedule, they don't play again until Saturday night. Doesn't cool him off. Uh, they'll be in Montreal. Uh, his chase of 895 is presented by our friends at Main Street Bank. To your local bank, local, put their team in your office. Visit mstreetbank.com for more information. Uh, Tough one for the Capitals uh, last night. Again, they were on their heels early on, Linnell. They needed two points. They needed at least one point. They didn't get it. Again, had a chance. 4-3, 11 minutes left, as you just heard. They just couldn't find a way. And they were buzzing. They were pressing. They just couldn't find a way to get that game tying goal a second time like they did in the first period it was really about for me bad start again you you go down to nothing and their Achilles in the first couple of minutes month. and you're you're asking an offensively challenged team to yeah. climb the mountain just to get back to square and just to get back to even and they put themselves in these positions where you know again they've been challenged offensively all year if they didn't have Ovechkin on this tear right now I don't know where they would be I mean, as Even it is, I think that's two, 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 and two. They're not winning. I mean, no. they've lost like eight out of nine well, or something uh, like that. No, well, they well they have the um, they beat Boston on Saturday, and they lost to they they Colorado's on they like lost a to Colorado and Florida. Night. They t- they got the they they lost but got a point uh, in Vancouver. I mean, they lost in overtime in Dallas. I think they have two wins during the six game streak. They've but lost, it might just be one. Lost eight out it of might their just, last Okay, night. so <laughs> it is just one. But they've gotten points in a couple of the games that they've lost in overtime, which, again, they need wins, not just points, to be fair. Well, points again, help. Yes. It, but, but points are better than no points. Like, la- like Sunday, really encouraging. Vancouver. Now, Vancouver was on a back-to-back, but they're one of the best teams in the Western Conference, one of the best teams in the NHL. And the Capitals went toe-to-toe, and they played – they were better on Sunday than Vancouver. And that was coming off of a 3-0 win in Boston on Saturday afternoon. Short turnaround, travel back, early start, all that stuff. The bottom line is they can't allow, unfortunately, even though the competition has cranked up here, yes. again, Boston, Vancouver, at Florida last Thursday, they can't allow games like last Thursday at Florida, last night against Colorado, Part of this six-game goal-scoring streak, they cannot allow those games to go by without getting at least one point. Without getting at least one point. While we're on it, um, and we'll try and get back to you as soon as we can, the Wizards, I mean, listen, we all know what this year has turned out to be. 
good effort Monday night in Dallas. Daniel Gafford with his new team doing what Daniel Gafford sometimes did, maybe not quite to that level because he was always in foul trouble, but good for Daniel Gafford. Wish him well. Nothing but the best to him. But we found out, I guess through The Athletic, that Kyle Kuzma had an opportunity to join the Mavericks, I presume maybe as part of the Gafford deal, but maybe it was Kuzma first and then Gafford became the deal. So as of Thursday, Thursday was the trade deadline. Right. As of late Wednesday night, I was talking to someone. They were attempting to deal Kyle late Wednesday night. Before the deadline. Before the deadline. To they, Dallas or to, to da- another no, team? To, to Dallas. Okay. To Dallas. They, right. had, they, they were working on the... The reporting in the Athletic mm-hmm. from Josh Roberts is right. spot on. Right. They had the framework of a Kyle Kuzma deal in place on Wednesday night. Right. But this is what you're probably going to yeah. allude to here. The front office, headed by Michael Winger, went to Kuzma and said, look, we have this offer on the table. What do you think? And Kyle, who, whether you agree with it or not, has power in this situation, said, no, that's not the situation that I would want to be shipped out of Washington for. And I give Kyle a tremendous amount of credit for that. He's ingratiated himself in the community, hit with the Kyle Kuzma Foundation. He's been a leader in the locker room. He's improved his own individual game since he's gotten here. I do think that if he is going to get moved, he should have a little bit of say-so in it if it's not going to completely you know, hamstring the deal. I wonder, did they go to him? So they didn't go to him... My understanding is they didn't go to him before they uh, they worked out the framework of the deal. They went to him after. I wonder if he would have been more amenable to being traded if they would have went to him before, meaning in the very early stages, however long the process took. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where like you would say he would have some sort of control or some sort of input. I don't know. Um it doesn't surprise me that Kyle Kuzma would say no for some of the reasons you just said, but also think about it. I didn't think he was coming back last offseason. I didn't either. I was Especially surprised. when they traded Beal and traded Porzingis away. I said, well, wait a sec. I'd have it doesn't make – right. But it, it, to me, if you were going to be as bad as they were probably going to be, and I, I thought they would be better than this – I thought, you know, why spend $120 million or whatever it was on Kyle Kuzma, even though very good basketball player, great in the community, all that bad dresser. Bad, bad dresser. Four dresser. for 90. Four yeah, for 90. Or whatever it was. It's a team friendly deal for yeah. a player his caliber. But I thought, I didn't think Kyle Kuzma was going to be back last offseason. I turned out to be wrong. I was glad that ultimately I was wrong. I don't blame him for saying, well, wait a second. I know it looks bad right now that I don't want to join a contender and maybe try and put the Mavericks over the top. Which and I want to stay have. with a 10-win team. Yeah. But he's taking the big picture. I agreed to stay with you. I didn't want to go home to Detroit, which was the big rumor. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to just chase a ring. I've already I've already I've already <laughs> won a ring. Which matters. Okay. I want to be a part of something here, whether it takes the well, rest, you know, whether it takes until year three yeah. of a four-year deal. And I realize there's no guarantees that ultimately he's here for the entire length of the deal. I, I, I Obviously, I understand that. But I don't kill Kyle Kuzma 
in this particular case like maybe some others would. And I don't know, maybe even some Wizards fans would. Now, do we know exactly what the what the return would have been? I, I didn't read that. Maybe I missed it. Well, ultimately, I don't think I don't think Dallas ever knocked the Wizards off of their feet, or else I think Kyle's word would have been minimized a little bit. If they got an offer they simply couldn't refuse, right? right. I don't think then really they would then they would have done. Yeah, it wouldn't matter what the hell Kyle Kuzma thought. In my opinion, now the way that it happened, it paints both parties in a really good light. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think their feet were necessarily to the fire the way that it's being reported. Not trying to discredit Josh or what he's saying Mm -hmm. at all. And I talk to Josh pretty regularly, Mm -hmm. so I was uh, privy to the story as he was working on it. I I think it's, and this is going to sound bad, like I'm trashing the Wizards. It's not. I think for Kyle, it was more about what Dallas wasn't. Right? If you're going to leave this situation here in Washington, where mm-hmm. you, as you mentioned, you just inked a deal four years, $90 million, you're doing a ton for the community, you're a leader on this team, you're the face of the franchise, pretty much. Why leave that to go to Dallas when you go to Dallas, you're dealing who with is currently Luka. the, the seven seed right. in the West? You're dealing with Luka, right. Kyrie. It's, I don't even think it's about the, the personalities. It's more so of Kyle Kuzma does not elevate the Dallas Mavericks mm-hmm. over Denver. Over the Clippers, over the Thunder, over the Timberwolves. So if it doesn't in his mind, it wasn't worth then it. Then why why leave where you're happy and you're comfortable? Exactly. Because believe it or not, not everything is about winning every single game, right? Yeah. Athletes now make so much money and they have so much power and influence that even win winning and losing doesn't always, doesn't always exceed, yeah. doesn't always exceed what comfort and happiness it matters. Brings. It matters. And listen, we see how Ted Leonsis and Monumental treated Bradley Beal when he was here. So Kyle Kuzma probably looks around and says, well, I mean, Ted's still here, yes. <laughs> but Winger, Dawkins, Schlenk, I can be their new Bradley Beal, where I'm going to get the max extension, where I'm going to be Again, part of it. So I don't kill Kyle Kuzma in any way, shape, or form for this. Now, the the one problem is that you have a perception problem, right? Because Kyle Kuzma now gets painted as a guy who doesn't want to win, as a guy who's happy to lose. Yeah. Like Deadspin, for whatever Deadspin is worth, and it's not much, quote, headline, it appears as if Kyle Kuzma has lost his mind. Um, <laughs> is that how Deadspin's coming Yes, and the smoking Cuban, whatever the hell that is, uh, the headline is Dallas Mavericks avoid disaster by not trading for wizard star forward. And then the rest are, you know, Kyle Kuzma reveals why he chose to stay with the wizards, blah, 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 blah. That's like news stories, right? Again, it's going to be painted by some that Kyle Kuzma doesn't care about winning. It's going to be painted by some as Kyle Kuzma would rather lose than win. Yeah. And yes, there is an element of, I guess, reality to that. Yes, but to your point, and I think it's a smart one, does it elevate you over Denver? No. Does it elevate you over Phoenix? Does it elevate you over... The Clippers. The Clippers, right. Exactly. I just don't think that move did that for for Dallas. For Kuzma moving forward, though, and for the Wizards moving forward, I think the bigger story of all of this is the fact that Tyus Jones and DeLone Wright are still here. I was talking to someone in DeLone's camp, what was the last time I was at Cap on Thursday night? And I asked him straight up, are you surprised you're here still? And he started 
chuckling, laughing, yeah. and said, hell yeah. Well, especially because DeLon Wright is, I don't want to say defensive assassin. Oh, no. He but is he's one a of, yeah. really good defensive player, and those are at a premium. Especially for contenders across yes. the NBA right now, like Milwaukee and Oklahoma City and things of that nature. But the DeLon thing is shocking because he is not under contract going into mm-hmm. next year. Neither mm-hmm. is Tyus Jones, for that mm-hmm. matter, who I also expected to get dealt. But according to Josh's reporting, um, the Wizards, and, and I'm going to crush them for this, if 29 other teams in the NBA view Tyus Jones as a backup point guard, why in the hell do the Wizards view him as a starting point guard? Because there's this thought that, well, they didn't get anything for him at the deadline, but they may be looking to keep him in the long-term plans. Do we know that 29 other teams view him as a backup? He's never started in his career until he got to Washington. I know, but he was... He was in Minnesota. Right. He was in... I'm blanking Mem- on some of the... Memphis, Memphis. obviously. But, the, I mean, the, he was in Memphis with Ja Morant, And right? even if a playoff team or a contender was to trade for him, he was coming off of the bench. Mm-hmm. The Lakers aren't going to trade for Tyus Jones no, to fair. play him in front of D'Angelo that's Russell. Fair. The Pelicans, who are also interested in Tyus Jones aren't going to play Tyus Jones ahead of Jose Alvarado. Right. Or, you know, but if you, maybe. All right, if you're the Wizards as they, you know, obviously head towards year two of this massive rebuild overhaul, and now you've lost potential compensation, right? But, like, l- l- let me ask you this. If you, all right, if you could have gotten a 2029 second round pick, because <laughs> that's how some of these deals are done. For yeah. Tyus Jones, would you have done that? No. Okay. But I don't I think you're, you're so, I, so I maybe that was going. the best offer that they were offered. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, well, this so is like at some thing. point yeah. you have to say, well, wait a second. Yeah, we'd like to get something for this guy, but ultimately Gafford they turned into a late first round pick, right? Yes. Well, if I can get a late first round or if I can get a second round pick next year or in year three of my rebuild, not seven years from now or six years from now. Uh, you know, okay, I can make that deal. But I can't necessarily make it if I'm getting a 2031 second-round draft pick. And I think that's the point of it. And execs across the league kind of felt like Washington's asking price for Tyus and DeLone were too high. And I think that's a bigger picture. But what if, what if it realistically was like, look, I need, I need a pick in the next three years, and most of the teams that were interested no. are already tapped out. And have you, like Phoenix, has used so many of their resources, right? Yeah. They may not. If they, Phoenix they were had, one of the teams that needed, right? If Phoenix had an offer on the table, they may not have. They may have only been able to say, "Yeah, 2030," uh, and and there is no more than a second round pick. Right. It's not even like we could talk. A third round pick, a fourth round pick, or whatever. Right. I mean, they don't have anything to trade. They've Correct. made so many trades that some of the teams, if not all of the teams that were involved in whatever pursuits and to whatever levels, may not have had anything to offer uh, Michael Winger and company in, say, again, even the next three to five it's years. It's frustrating because I, I don't, that, that situation for me is, is tough because you can't try to sell me on Tyus Jones long-term. No. You're just not. No. And you got, like, I love the way that you put it. You're you're essentially getting nothing for the guys. Now, for Tyus, if a contender tries to come in this summer and execute a sign-and-trade, mm-hmm. that's a, the only other avenue in which well, that, that, but, you could but get maybe you get maybe you get a better return maybe. that way. Correct. Which is now, why I, would you do a sign-and-trade for Tyus? I guess you could, of right? Of course. I mean, there's, you no, can. there's no downside um, to it for you. 
So maybe as teams reset their rosters, maybe there's more contenders yeah. and maybe there's more teams willing to take on, like you said. I just needed them out of the rotation. As far as Landry Shamit, DeLone Wright, Tyus Jones, Corey Kispert is on a damn heater He's on a right tear. now. Right. Can't get enough shots. Bilal Koulibaly is starting to come into his zone. Can't get enough shots. Denny Avdi is not getting enough shots. The argument that's made is, well, you have to keep some veterans around to to stop the young guys from creating bad habits. And mm -hmm. If there was no Tyus Jones, then maybe you're seeing a bunch of bad shots being taken. The hell with that. The, the long-term plan at guard, point guard in particular for this team, doesn't exist. You have no young point guard in your feeder system right now. The Go-Go just traded for R.J. Hampton, who was like a top 10 pick three or four drafts ago. You don't have a young point guard in your, in your system right now. Yes, you but, need but, that. but you, you, need, you need to get that. But in lieu of have not having that, you have the next best thing. At I least guess. you have something that's stable. Steady Eddie. Something that sure. is stable and, and somewhat useful to remember, not win games necessarily. Right. But to not stunt the growth of the guys right. that you just mentioned. Kispert, Denny Abdia, Bilal Koulibaly, right? Right. They already have a big-time, big-time, big-time problem outside of Marvin Bagley, who missed four games. I know he's back now. Mm -hmm. But they already have a big-time size rebounding and and and, and defensive Major issue at, at the big spot, right? Mm -hmm. So if you then trade DeLon Wright and or Tyus Jones or both for, you know, 2028 20, used basketballs, <laughs> then are you opening up another huge area and therefore – how do you, you know, you're just catching yourself short and you're stunting the development of your young guys. So so that had to be where it came from, right? Like, sure. hey, we would be open to trading these guys, but we need something of a sort of quicker something return. Of substance to, yeah. to get back. And so I, I don't and kill I them it. for that I just, if that was the deal. I've never – and. and Tyus has played tremendous here over the last month. I yeah. just am not a fan of short guards. They just don't win around this league. Except for, I mean, over the course of time. I, They're few and far between. Yeah, but it's, some of the best point guards and some of the best right. guards are, are six Chris foot. Paul. Yeah, I mean, Chris I Paul, you. Allen Iverson, uh, you know, Isaiah Tom. I mean, I, I, I know we're you. stretching a lot of mm -hmm. decades and a lot of errors. You see the point? How yeah, yeah, yeah. few and far yeah. between there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So That's fair. All right. We just want to spend a little bit of time on the Caps and the Wizards. You want to go quarterback here? You want to talk about this Let's mock draft? Because I've been waiting for this Let's just for that. you. Let's do that. Because I know the people are going to be completely incensed. Let's do that. I, I – well, yes. I am, because, just based off of the final result. See, I think you're I, – I, the thing you have to remember about mock drafts, and we'll do it in a, in a moment, the thing you have to worry about mock drafts and, and the thing you have to think about is it's a lot like it's, – it's a lot like the odds and the lines and the opening lines from BetOnline and from Covers.com and all that. It's more to create conversation yeah. than it is reality and common sense. Which and you, we'll explain yeah. more when we come back on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Good to have you with us 
on the Team 980-324. We'll get to the calls as soon as we can, hopefully. Uh, all right, so one of the things that uh, we wanted to bring up, and we wanted to get to it probably earlier, is this. the Again, mock drafts are, to me, to me, like opening lines and odds from some of these offshore books and whatever. People go crazy over them. People go nuts over them. People go, oh my God, oh, oh, the, the commanders are going to definitely trade up to number one, and then they're going to control the draft. Yeah, it's a possibility. It might happen. It might happen. But don't ever, don't ever think that people that are doing mock drafts on February 14th or March 14th or April 14th, Linnell, know what the hell is going to happen. So we bring this up because PFF did a two-round mock draft post-Super Bowl, pre-combine. I think this came out yesterday. And they have five quarterbacks going in the first round and the Denver Broncos trading up to number two with the Washington Commanders and selecting Drake May. (laughs) Your instant reaction to that before we talk about where the Commanders wound up in this particular mock draft and who they wound up with. So I think something I want to let the folks know is they didn't trade out of the number two spot in this mock draft for Skittles, right? They they would receive in this scenario – Denver's pick in the first round this year was number 12. pick number 12. Right. And then they get a 2025 first, a 2026 mm. first, and a 2025 second. Right. So just, pretty, pretty uh, just good on haul. first block, that is a massive haul. Now, it's 10 spots down. 10 spots down is fine. Right. But it's a massive haul. That's the first thing right. that I immediately thought of was, hmm. Because a lot of you out there seem to not get the fact that this is going to be a wide open offseason in mm-hmm. terms of don't. Don't look at anything as, oh, that's not possible. Mm -hmm. A trade down from two is damn sure possible. And if you're going to get this type of haul, it may start to rise toward the top of my list in terms of preference. Because think about it. Why are we excited about Adam Peters? We're excited about Adam Peters because what he could do in the draft. And we, we, I'm blanking on the guy we just hired, Lance Newmark. He's also a guy that can thrive in Mm -hmm. the draft. You need as many picks as possible here, and you're now being armed for the folks that think, well, if you if you trade down from too high, you're ever going to get a quarterback. You got a 2025 first to potentially move and get a quarterback. Even though they say that draft first. class NFL executives are not that thrilled with. Don't we do this every year? We've seen this before. Don't we do this every right. year? Yes. Come on. Yeah. But at, at the end of the day, I think that's a damn good haul for Washington if they decide to go that route. I think it's a good haul, too. Ideally, I am absolutely open to trading down. As am I. Here's the one thing that I do worry about and the one thing that I want to just exercise some caution. Yes, I think it's a a pretty darn good return. But to move down 10 spots, while it's a good return, and I understand everything that you just said, and I I think you're right on a lot of it, Ideally, this is me. This is me preference-wise. I would ideally not like to drop down all the way to number 12, even if it costs me some high-end return. Meaning, if I can move down, I mean, my most preferred 
My most preferred trade-down method would be switching spots with New England, right, to number three, where I can assure that I'm going to get one of the three quarterbacks, assuming that I like whoever that third quarterback that's the is. That's big assumption. Okay, and that's a big assumption because we don't know. But ideally, I would like to not have to certainly trade down out of the top 10. Ideally, if I can't work out a deal with New England to go to number three, and there was a rumor that New England was kind of out on Jaden Daniels, and maybe they were looking to trade down, and maybe they are, and I think every team, certainly the Bears could be looking to trading down. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't, whatever. There are teams that are looking to trade up. We know that. Right, So there is going to be value and there is going to be some desperation level, I think, for teams to trade down or teams wanting to trade up in a three-quarterback largely draft. If you could get me, if you could get me a trade down, say, within the top five, where I know I'm going to get either Charges one of the fifth, three quarterbacks the or one of the two left tackles or Marvin Harrison Jr., I think I can justify that, Linnell, more than I can justify, even though the return would be obviously greater. Yeah. And and then you'd have to wonder, how reckless is, I mean, just from an NFL standpoint, how reckless is Denver doing a deal like that after the stupid deal they did to get Russell Wilson? Right? Sean, Sean is a quarterback. I know. I, and clearly it's not Russell Wilson, and I get, yeah. but remember the hole Massive. that they traded to Seattle. Included picks. It was a stupid deal when they made yeah. it, including an extension. And this is what happens when you get so desperate for a quarterback, so desperate that you'll do anything. We had this argument last week, right? When you are desperate to do anything for a quarterback – this is where you get into a problem. You overpay. You do things that you shouldn't normally have to do. And the Broncos would be doing it, quite honestly, twice. Quite honestly, twice. Now, in this mock, right, they also have the commanders making a second trade. Yeah, and this is where I wanted to throw my computer across the room. This is a big no-no this prospect for me is a big no-no. I can end up being completely wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything in comparison to these scouts that are making these decisions. They are have way more access than we do. Mm-hmm. I can only go off of what I see. The scenario that Chris is talking about, Washington initially trades back from 2 to 12 with Denver. We listed you the haul that they got. The 12th pick, a 2025 first, a 2026 first, and a 2025 second. With that ammunition... PFF has mocked Washington moving up two spots to where the New York Jets are currently slated to pick. And to do that, Washington would give up a third-round pick in this year's draft. Pick number 73. Well, no, I'm sorry. They would get back pick number 73 from the Jets. But they They would would trade their number 40 overall pick, which was the Bears pick from Montez Sweat. I, I can't do that. Yeah. I'm not doing that, especially to end up. And that's to go from 2 to 12 back to 10. To 10. Right? So to me... I'm with you. you. I'm with you. Before we even discuss who they have, I'm with you that I am not in the, again, I I know at times you have to be aggressive and, and trade assets. 
I'm much more willing to trade assets to move around the board in the fourth and fifth round, Jeez. in the sixth round, like they did with K.J. Henry yeah. last year, where it's not going to cost you a premium pick. And I'm sorry, I look at the number 40 overall pick, it's not as premium as you know some That's other picks, obviously, but it's, pick. it's pretty damn close. And especially when you consider the strength of this draft yeah. and the fact that of the 32 first-round picks, nine of them are probably going to be offensive yep. tackles. Yep. So if you want to... Make sure that that you're able to you know pick from that second tier of tackles. You need pick number forty. I'm also of the mindset, Chris. I would trade back up into this first round, but it wouldn't be for a quarterback. There's, you can realistically end up with two starting tackles out of this class, and then maybe get a starting center as well. So like, there's one quarterback I've made it very clear that I'm willing to trade up for, and that is one Caleb Williams out of USC. I'd, I'd move heaven and earth for him. That's the only scenario in which I'm okay moving off a of pick 40. In this scenario right here, Washington moves from 12 back up to 10. They give up pick number 40 for J.J. Flippin' McCarthy. Are you kidding me? We don't Might have well put Ryan Clary in, 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 in damn Michigan blue and tell him to go play quarterback. We don't have the time to break down J.J. McCarthy right here. here, but that to me would be a move that would reek of – a little bit of recklessness, a little bit of desperation, and I think, despite some glowing reports about JJ McCarthy, it would it it would be to me hey. an unpopular decision how, around how, here. How good was JJ McCarthy, Terps fans, in the Big Ten Championship against Maryland? That's fair. We was twelve or twenty three. That's fair. And got his wig split right, on we, multiple different occasions. We've got a break for a trending alert, and we do have some breaking news. So let's do that right here, right now. All right, the Kansas City Chiefs are holding their Super Bowl parade, and unfortunately, uh, there are problems and problems of the worst kind. We are getting reports, and we see news coverage, Fox News, and other outlets. Shots have been fired near, is what the headlines say, near the Chiefs' Super Bowl parade. We do not know if there are any injuries or fatalities or anything like that. Uh, Cops are all over the scene, uh, as you say. Uh, Actually, Kansas City police confirmed now 10 shooting victims. Multiple children are being treated at Children's Mercy Hospital. So, uh, unfortunately, just a horrible situation, of course, at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl Parade. More details on that as it comes in. The the 49ers held another press conference today, just after yesterday's press conference, and Kyle Shanahan announced that they're firing defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes after just one year. Uh, Kyle Shanahan had said yesterday that he expected to keep his coaching staff largely intact. That was before firing Steve Wilkes today. And he said it, quote, just ended up being not the right fit. We should remind people that San Francisco was one stop, fourth and one away from winning the Super Bowl with Steve Wilkes on staff. So who knows what would have happened then. And that's what's trending. But apparently two people are under arrest uh, or in police custody, according to multiple reports out of Kansas City, after a mass shooting at the Chiefs or near the Chiefs Super Bowl parade. Apparently 10 people, again, have been shot or injured, and, and some of them, at least, are children. 
we have no reports of fatalities. Um, I mean, it's tough. Uh, we actually, it's yeah. actually two reports of uh, fatalities oh, officially being, being reported. So it uh, now now I mean that must yeah. have just <clears throat> literally just happened. Yeah, it's. It's, tough, uh, it's, a, it's for, a tough situation. Uh, from James Palmer of NFL Network, our crew is safe. Law enforcement has been absolutely incredible. Uh, from Ari Marov, per Kansas City Police, multiple people were struck. Two armed people have been taken into uh, custody. Kansas City Police, on their actual uh, Twitter feed, uh, said again, shots have been fired ar- around. Oh, whoa. Uh, shots have been fired around Union Station. Please leave the area. Uh, they have a child unification area. Uh, they're requesting witnesses. Shots were fired west of Union. I, I've never been to Kansas City, uh, but shots were fired west of Union Station near the garage, and multiple people were struck. We took two armed people into custody for more investigation. Um, where are you saying that? Um, it's from Marcus Officer of uh, Fox 4 in Kansas City. That uh, says one person's died, at least nine hurt, three people in custody. I mean. You know, listen, what we try and do here is entertain, right? Some people like it. Some people don't like it. <sighs> you know, I, I just don't know what else to say. It's horrible, man. I mean. Especially when you consider what happened here, right, in our backyard yeah. earlier this morning. Three yeah. police officers shot yeah. trying to intervene in a barricade situation. I mean, it's just, this is why I go so hard about certain certain issues, man. That This is not that we could do at this yeah. point, but that, yeah, that's, that's rough. Man. I mean, I, I don't, I don't try and pretend to be a politician. I, I don't pretend to be to to know everything. I understand we have a tremendous amount of men, mental illness and instability in the world. Mm-hmm. That is a really, really, really dangerous thing to deal with, and I, and I get it. But here's what I I know in general: when you take someone who is mentally ill or angry, yeah. And you allow them to easily access, let's let's put it that way, to easily access guns, that is a combination that is ruining America. It's a deadly cocktail, man. It, it is a deadly cocktail. I, I mean, that that's what I can say. I mean, here you have something that should be an unbelievably happy, joyous moment. Yeah. And now apparently at least one victim is dead. Yeah. And how I'm do you mentally right recover now, and emotionally recover as a city when you know that this, I mean, I remember being front and center at the heart of the Capitol Stanley Cup parade. Yeah, I mean, at that, the heart of the Nationals World Series parade. You know, we're broadcasting live. We're doing all sorts of crazy things. And think about, you know, you don't have to go through metal detectors like you have to at Capital One Arena or at FedEx Field to be at a parade. Think about what these people now are dealing with. Everything, everything is turned upside down. And at least one loss of life reportedly uh, yeah. And people whose lives will never be changed or will never be the same, I should say. Um, it's tough to 
Tough to try to sift through, yeah. man. That's... Just awful. Um, all right. So, J.J. McCarthy, hard to turn the page. Why do you hate J.J. McCarthy so much? Because I don't understand how everyone can have this affinity for a cat that his own damn team and coaching staff felt, you know what, probably not going to ask you to do too much because you're probably not capable. In today's football, I was going to say NFL, but in college football and in the NFL, right, the passing game is instrumental to team success. Mm -hmm. You cannot win at either level without being able to throw the football. Mm -hmm. I just look at the way this kid performed in some of the biggest games of his career and what they didn't ask him to do. It's just baffling. Well, for instance, 10 of 18 for 140 in the the national championship. Now, I understand you got, you got, was it Donovan Edwards? You got Blake Corum and and your offensive line's badass. Anybody that, that basically says, well, Michigan only did that because they can run the ball really well. Yes, they can run the ball really well. There's lots of teams he, he should have that zero. can run the ball really well. Let me say this. The, the way, the, the success that they had running the football, he should never throw an incompletion. Probably not. Like, but, uh, we, I mean, we know that obviously it happens. But 10 of 18 for a buck 40, you know, only 56% completion rate, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but a rating a of 120.9 took a sack. In the college football semifinal against Alabama, now this is an overtime game, so a little bit more. 17 of 27, 221, 63% completion ratio, a ratio 8.2 average, uh, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Even though the numbers aren't out of this world, I mean, that's a good game, right? You can't kill J.J. McCarthy. You would say he played well against a tough as Nails defense. Yes. Iowa in the Big Ten championship game, 22 of 30, but a buck 47. Highly accurate, but very low in terms of the averages. A buck 47 overall, 4.9 as an average, no touchdowns, no interceptions. So, again, two of his final three games at Michigan, Big Ten championship and the national championship, no touchdowns, but no interceptions. The one that concerned me was the Penn State game where they ran the ball, what, uh, 28 straight times or yeah. whatever it was. Uh, in state college on the road, J.J. McCarthy was like seven of eight for the game. I, I, you know, I mean, it's really hard, like you said, to project where he is going to be able to largely do what Patrick Mahomes. Where forget is it about comparing from? him to Patrick Mahomes, but. Can he come from 10 points down in the NFL mid-late second quarter and make enough plays? And the answer so far has been, I don't see it. That's why I don't get. Like, what are talent evaluators across the league thinking when they cut on the tape and watch them? Yeah. When you cut on... Illinois from last year, a game they won 19-17. Is it talent evaluators or is it draft Knicks who are hanging out in mommy's basement? Well, it may be that, but I know Harbaugh's got a huge I mean, this is Trevor Sikama, who's pretty, who's widely regarded as Lance pretty smart. Lance Zerline says that he I expects know. him to be a top 10 pick. I Where? Know. I don't see it. Yeah. The Illinois game from last year, I point back to 18-34, to 208 yards and a 19-17 win. You, you also kidding? you also know right re- remember remember when we heard a lot about Bryce Young last year yeah. and the reason why he was going to go number 1 was because of his processing was because of the way he got through his reads the way he it's, mentally handled the game right despite some of his physical shortcomings and on. despite how you know CJ Stroud should have 
probably been number one, right? No, ultimately, I mean, yeah. through one year, looks, looks like, like it. clearly he should have been number one. So, you know, again, I don't know, is this window dressing on a prospect because an agent is telling you that? That's what I worry about. Is Lance Zerline, is Trevor Sycama, is even a Daniel Jeremiah or Bucky Brooks or whatever too – are they too susceptible to what an agent who clearly has an agenda for his client is telling them? I, that I don't know. It's hard. And I can't for, prove that. Yeah, it's hard for me to like understand where the heaping praise is coming from with this kid. I, and I'm not trying to hate on him at all. It's not. If he was good, I'd tell you, I think he's great. Right. But like, I just don't see it. And then when you go back, and I'm just doing box score crunching here right now. So obviously, you know, you can't tell someone's processing ability through a completion percentage, but he's got a lot of sub 50% games in his college career. So if the processing was that good, if he was that damn great at getting through the progressions, why is the ball hitting the turf mm-hmm. so much? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just don't know with him. I just don't know. And the thing that also, like, baffles me, right, it's very easy to process and sit back there like a like a duck and go through your progressions when you've got one of the best offensive lines in the country. Mm-hmm. You're afforded that time. How is he going to do when his process is sped up? That's what I want to know. Everyone's gushing about how he throws on the run. Get, I, I don't know. Drew yeah. Brees is the comparison that's being used. Get the bleep out of here. I mean, okay. Yeah. Drew Brees was one of the most accurate quarterbacks of all time. Exactly. I mean, he would regularly touch 70% yes. when that wasn't even a thing. Exactly. Okay. Uh, we got to leave it there. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to uh, the couple of guys that have been on hold. Um, apologize for that, guys. Uh, sorry. Uh, just too many things to get to and cover. Uh, again, the big story is multiple people, uh, some reports saying as many as 10, and there is a report from Kansas City uh, from a Fox affiliate that apparently somebody has died at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade uh, because of a gun shoot, uh, a gun shooting incident. Apparently, according to KC police, two armed suspects in custody uh, for further questioning. We will try and keep you up to date uh, throughout the day right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Uh, coming back, we will somehow attempt uh, to do Dum Dum of the Day, and we'll keep it in the NFL next on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. All right, so Linnell wants to uh, fire the cannons at Kyle Shanahan here before we get to Dumb Dumb of the Day. Real quickly, go ahead. I just I don't understand how Steve Wilkes is being made the scapegoat for all of this. The 49ers defense was dre- was not good down the stretch. What does that mean? In the second half, they gave up one touchdown drive. Right. They gave up a couple field goal I'm, drives. They I'm forced the Pat Mahomes turnover. I think it's a big picture thing. Probably Kyle Shanahan wants to play more aggressive man defense, and they played a lot of zone. Got a KYP. Know who you hired as your damn defensive that's coordinator. Fair. That's the tree that, that he comes from. That's fair. It's a zone tree. That's fair. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, man. Christian McCaffrey was averaging damn near four yards a pop. They stopped running the football. He carried the ball 22 times for 80 yards. That's 3.5 yards a carry. Yet Brock Purdy still threw the ball damn near 40 times. Run the ball. And, and you have to do a better job 
of instructing your players for sure on the overtime and rules. that's the number one that, that's I, my I mean, number one thing. and that's the players probably wrong for coming out and saying it on the record because they make the organization look yeah. bad but apparently Andy Reid had been hammering this message home and Kyle I think I he was quoted as saying he didn't feel it was necessary or, yeah. or important or or whatever I, I don't know exactly what happened complete there. idiocy all right time to wrap up the show with a uh serious a serious but really, really dumb situation. It's time for Dumb Dumb of the Day. Oh, yeah. The Super Bowl was played at Allegiant Stadium. That's where the Las Vegas Raiders play their home game, even though 30,000 road Can fans come to... Can skin truly be this moisturized? Oh. Yeah. Wow. I have no idea. It sounded like a commercial... It sounded like a commercial for Linnell Shea Butter. Janarius uh, Robinson, for now, is a defensive end of the Las Vegas Raiders. He is not only being accused of driving drunk, but also apparently he hit a woman with his car in a resort valet area while under the, uh, the influence of alcohol. He apparently smelled of alcohol, appeared intoxicated, according to police officers, noting, quote, his speech was mumbled and his body was slightly swaying from side to side. So, again, he was not only under the influence of alcohol. And again, everybody remembers not that everything should be judged by this. Henry Ruggs was drunk and what he did to that poor woman and her dog. But apparently earlier this week, At the Aria Resort and Casino, which is right off the strip, right near uh, um, T-Mobile Arena, at around 7 a.m., he hit a woman. He hit a woman who became pinned between two cars. He was identified as the driver, smelled of alcohol, again, appeared intoxicated, mumbling, uh, and his body was swaying slide uh, side to side. He told police he had two drinks starting at 10 p.m. and was not under the influence of any other substances. He said he stopped drinking at 11 p.m., 11 p.m., nearly seven hours before the collision occurred at just before 6 in the morning. And, well, he was arrested, as he should have been. And I'm sure he will be back on the field because the NFL is not going to do anything about it. He was released on his own recognizance on a misdemeanor charge and expected back in court on June 5th. Sure, let him drive. Let him run free. Let him play football. This is America. And this is why we have days like today. Congratulations. You're Chris's dum-dum of the day. Hope that woman uh, is uh, okay. The victim's injuries not noted in the police report. She left the valet area before officers arrived. Linnell, happy Valentine's Day, sweetheart. <laughs> He's so mad. <laughs> He's, he's still so mad. Greg Hoffman's coming up next. I'll see you back here tomorrow at 1. Thanks, everybody, for being a part of the show. Thanks to Matty Ice. Uh, we will see you again tomorrow at 1 right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Adios.